We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Jack Mangle here for another Brooklyn Buzz and another Nets win, baby. The Nets now at 500 after defeating the Washington Wizards, 102-94. And let's just put this one down as a W and move on to the next one. It was not the prettiest of games by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, not a lot to really write home about. I'll go through a, a few of the game notes before talking a little bit, a bit, a little bit of bigger picture stuff about the Nets. And I think the big thing tonight was the return of Nick Claxton, Clax City. He is so important to what the Brooklyn Nets do and what he did tonight in his return. Twenty-eight minutes, five or seven from the field, thirteen boards, thirteen boards, including four offensive, two assists, four blocks. Plus eight, had a double-double with the 10 points. And you just see, like, on a, a game from a return, you know, Cam Johnson struggled a little bit, you know, in his return. But Nick Claxton, Nick and I were chatting about in the last pod about him just being super confident in his body. And we sort of saw that in some little workouts uh, beforehand. But tonight, we got it all. Like, his offensive repertoire was, was on display. You know, he had the a couple of little, you know, offensive moves in terms of, Finishing with his right hand, finishing in the post, his, you know, just his body fluidity for a guy of his size, his defensive rim protection is just so goddamn important, and it was just great to have him back. And going forward, like it's going to be invaluable for the Nets as they try and to improve a little bit on the defensive end of the floor. So yeah, Clack City, super good to have him back. It was probably the Nets' best player. Like, you could make an argument for Mikael Bridges, but his efficiency wasn't necessarily amazing. 34 minutes for him, 11-29 from the field, 2-14 of 14 from 3. Really struggling from there. Really, really struggling from the perimeter. And I'm still confident that he'll get that going, but it wasn't the best for him tonight when it came to that. But otherwise, that his best rebounding performance of his career. You know, equaled Nick Claxton's rebounds, had the 13 rebounds, including four of them offensive, a couple of assists and a steal, led the team in plus minors with plus 17 for his 27 points. And I think what he, the mentality that he was sort of taking was to just shoot through it, you know, shoot through the woes. And look, the woes certainly are going to deplete a little bit when it comes to his perimeter numbers, three-point numbers, but... He, you know, at the halftime sort of break, you could tell how sort of locked in he was. He's just like, get good shots, you know, get get the shots going. And look, unfortunately, you know, he's not really finding much rhythm from the perimeter. 
but it's it's interesting because that's normally where he he has shone you know his pull-up shooting was something that was really great for him and you know i've said that i'm not necessarily gonna buy into you know uh, mikhail bridges is a bum all that sort of stuff but you know he's got areas that he can fine-tune and areas that he should be performing better at like he is a a really good three-point shooter across his career so he should be shooting better from there you know in the first half you know he was shooting two or three at the rim and four or six for mid-range his mid-range is money like you know especially when he's going to the left like he just has comfort level going to the left shooting off uh, off of that sort of rhythm but yeah he it's just interesting to sort of see whether that will come back and I think Ben Simmons being out, I'll chat about that a bit later on, will have a bit of an effect, but also, you know, Cam Thomas being out has a big effect on that too. But yeah, we'll, we'll see how it pans out because, you know, before the game, it was Jacques Vaughn sort of saying, talking about the fact that before tonight, Mikel Bridges was shooting, you know, just over 30% from three. And Jacques Vaughn said this, I think looking at the shots, it's been a variant so far this year. What was he, one for six the last game? It looks like he had a really good look. So I wouldn't mind seeing two or three more of his mid-range shots being threes. Ben Simmons' ability, though, I think coincides a little bit where Ben's going to get you those good early looks. Those are free and easy to take. A lot of Mikhail's shots have been chased down and contested just because those high-level dudes are defending him on a nightly basis. So, yeah, look, his numbers aren't amazing, but I think he'll find once that three-point shot starts falling... I think that's when the offensive rhythm will start to to continue. And and one thing he did really well last year was was get to the line a lot. And, you know, get into the to the free throw line, and he hasn't been doing that as well. So, you know, the mid range, that sort of middle area, but the other two areas, like the th- of the three level scoring, um, is is where he sort of needs to find his footing a little bit more. And I have I have faith that he will. I have faith that he will. I think that he'll go through some teaming issues. It's we're ten games into the season, so you know, ask me in in another ten or twenty, but. Yeah, I, and he also looked good with the ball in his hands. Like he had a nice sort of pick and roll play with, with Clax, and had you know, and I've I've criticised his handle. A lot of other people have, but you know, as he's sort of rolling and he finishes nicely at the rim, sort of reads the defense quite well. So I think that's an area of improvement and, and a nice little play for him. So that was really early in the game. You know, I think it's something like two or three minutes into the game. But yeah, so we'll. We'll see how Bridge, Brooklyn Bridges goes, but he's he's going to be all right. He'll he'll keep working and and he'll keep moving. But in in saying that, you know there was a few other guys to sort of jump into in terms of what we saw. You know, Dorian Finney-Smith only twenty minutes for him tonight. Uh, uh, it was two or six from three. That was his, that for him six points. But the two guys, the other two stars, I want to talk about and sort of discuss them together is Kevin Johnson, who while was positive in the plus minus and. Did a little bit when it came to the rebounding. Didn't really have an assist. The The Nets passing in the absence of Ben Simmons is pronounced. And I think that in the half court, in the open court, they're just not able to generate any any decent, any, any sense of decent offense. And you'd think Spencer would provide that a little bit, but you know, I can chat about him. But Cam Johnson has struggled a bit, guys. You know, 2 of 11 from 3, 5 of 16 from the field for his 14 points. Now, I think some of it is him... You know, working out the rust, but you know, I'm not giving going to give him the the nature of being able to go. Oh, give him three or four games. This is a guy we've paid you know 25 million dollars to. You know, a, a hefty contract, so he needs to be performing. And you look, I think the volume, the three ball for him as well is going to fall. He's as elite, if not more so, than Mikael Bridges. But it's the other areas of his game. Like he's just, you know, he had three turnovers. 
you know, he shouldn't be having three turnovers. Like, he's not having the ball in his hands for extended periods like, you know, Bridges or, or Thomas or, or some other guys will have. And, and the Nets' turnovers was pretty poor tonight against the Washington Wizards team that isn't necessarily the best in the world at, at forcing them. You know, Dennis Smith Jr. had four himself and McHale had four himself. Royce uh, had two and, and, and Dorian Finney-Smith had two himself as well. So the Nets need to take care of the ball better and then included Cam Johnson. I think he needs to perform like he just needs to like we're the nets in the absence of two of our five two of our five starters you know they need the other guys to step up next man up mentality and cam johnson didn't do that tonight hopefully he can do that against the magic and and spencer dimity is just a really weird one like uh nick and i discussed him at length and we sort of got the same from him you know, six or seven for the free throw line 12 points three assists four rebounds two seals a block three or ten from the field and all five from three now i don't really know what's going on now there's some people that are saying that he's uh, demanded a trade request and there's things like that happening his role has changed in the when when us cam sort of has been breaking out but there's also like the ball's been out of his hands a little bit more when like in terms of playmaking like he's not being asked to be a floor general which he has the capacity to do i wonder if that's on his own accord or whether that's through the coaching staff but he's a good playmaker for himself and others and whether he's not performing to his capabilities that's certainly true but whether he's being given the, the opportunities and spots to be able to do that is another question as well because you, know, you look at all the numbers that are out there Spencer's always a part of the, the positive lineups for the Nets but yeah it's it's an intriguing one is what I'll say and one to watch when it comes to Spencer Dimity who is a very good NBA player and it's just a little bit of a head scratcher. Not sure what the answers are there and, and what might be going on behind the behind the scenes uh, with Spence. But uh, after the break, guys, we'll get to the rest of the rotation players and then a, a few more general game notes and looking forward for the Nets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. All right, let's get to the bench. Royce O'Neal, 31 minutes for him tonight. The only one that's shot semi-well from three, you know, three of seven for him. You know, the Nets shot 12 of 49 from three overall. 12 of 49. That's less than 25%. It was a bit pitiful from there and not much better from the field. 37 of 98. So look, the offense was just putrid. And, and Royce, was, uh, Royce was good. 
You know, 10 points, 6 boards, 4 assists, 2 steals. The fact that he led the team in assists behind Dennis Smith Jr. is intriguing, I guess is what I would say to that. But his secondary ball handling is, is positive. Trent Watford didn't get a heap of time tonight. And you know, his out big popping performances for, against Miami have lessened a little bit of late. But Daron Sharp was, was quite good tonight, using his size to his advantage, you know. 12 rebounds in 19 minutes. The dude knows how to rebound, but he also is still finding his footing as a defensive force and a defensive anchor. There's times where he's jumping too much for blocks that just aren't there. He's not Nick Claxton. He's not getting him. So just box out and, and do your thing on the defensive boards because seven offensive rebounds to five defensive rebounds. As much as that looks good on the stat sheet, it just means I think he needs to find a greater balance with his rebounding. I know Nick has alluded to that too, but Dennis Smith Jr., you know, 19 minutes for him, 2 or 4 from the field, 6 assists, 4 rebounds, 4 turnovers. He has a, a lot of positive plays and then a lot of negative plays. It's I just think that would rather it's in like 35 minutes suspense and maybe limit Dennis Smith Jr.'s role somewhat. But that's what happens in the absence of Camp Thomas. And also, when there was an injury scare for Lonnie Walker, who only played 5 minutes in the first half. And he also spoke in general about you know, the injury... Uh, that he has sustained and how he's sort of been working through that. And I'm not going to say it's a worry, but I wasn't necessarily the happiest when I saw this. He sort of said that he's been playing through significant knee pain since Brooklyn's sex, second game and re-aggravated today. He said, my knee's just been sore since game two and in a lot of pain. Just been playing through it for the most part. Damn near playing on one leg. Kind of just aggravated a little bit. For the most part, I'm good. I don't see myself missing any games. Oh, and he also said this, I don't feel obligated, but I know i got to do it for my team. If I have the ability to still run and jump and do things, no matter how sore I am, no matter how hurt I am, I'm going to give it 110%. If I can't go, that means I literally am dying at that point. Knock on wood, I want to give this team my all. I want to give this organization my all. That's just my mindset. Now, goddamn, I love that mindset. But also, I think he needs to be held back a little bit because I don't want this to be a, a long-term issue for, for Lonnie, who's been absolutely brilliant for, for the Nets overall. So... Yeah, the, uh, definitely keep an eye on that. Keep a very close eye on that. And hopefully, you know, we have Cam Thomas. His ankle injury is back and he's back in a couple of weeks. But yeah, the, the Nets rely on Lonnie Walker for a lot. And the fact that he's been playing through pain for, you know, an extended period, eight games now. And the fact that he's re-aggravated again. We'll see if he plays uh, against the Magic, suits up against the Magic. But maybe for his own good that he shouldn't. But in saying that, Hopefully he's right and the the pain isn't too... It, it's manageable. Let's just say... It. Let's just hope it's manageable. But yeah, I, I guess outside of that, guys, the other rotation players to sort of speak about. Uh, not a, We didn't get to see any time from Harry Giles, uh, Monty Brooks, uh, some other general game notes. The Nets dominated the boards, which they've been doing pretty well this season. The Wizards have been one of the worst rebounding teams in the NBA. Uh, their turnovers... The, the Wizards had 28 points off the Nets, 19 turnovers and 12 more than the Nets overall with 16 points of the turnovers. They also were outscored off the fast break, 21 to 11. That's the Ben Simmons effect right there. So I think that in the absence of this, this game really highlighted Ben Simmons' effect on the offensive end in terms of the ability to generate fast break points, easy opportunities in transition for, for his teammates. But also Cam Thomas, who just would have absolutely cooked this Wizards team. And just his offensive arsenal and skill would have opened up so much for himself and his teammates and the space that he would have had you know, playing alongside Clax as well. I just think that 
those guys being out, it's sort of highlighted that Ben Simmons is ridiculously important despite what's going on with him. And Cam Thomas is even more so. So, look, it's it's intriguing. We'll see how we go. Looking forward. But, yeah, a couple of things I wanted to allude to as well, guys, on top of uh, the, just the general game stuff. The Nets are 500. You know, to, after taking everything into account, the fact that the Nets are where they are after injuries to so many of their guys, you know, you take it. Yeah, the Nets could easily be 7-3, and 8-2, and two and we'd be thinking about them in, in a different sort of context, but I still think about them in a pretty positive context because there's that it's two of their four or five best players, their best player in Cam Thomas. I think he's taken that mantle from Mikhail uh, as we currently speak, as at least best offensive player. They're waiting in the wings. That's... It's going to be, it, it, it'll be intriguing to see how the Nets go over the next 10 games. I might go through that in a little bit, but I did want to speak about that Ben Simmons in general, and Jacques Vaughn spoke about him a little bit. He's talking about how important he was after missing his third straight game. It's a realization from our guys that half-court offense for us is difficult at the end of the day, and that's why we'll preach from day one the importance of playing with pace and getting the ball out, make or miss. That covers up some sins, some offensive rebounds. It covers up some shot making by the other team by putting pressure on them. There's no secret. Ben gives us an energy, a pace. Like it, love it, we miss it, we need it. It's a part of who we are. It's the way our team is built. We'll try to have to figure out who can aid in pushing the pace for us, but the realization for us is that's how we need to play. That's the most important thing. I think Spencer can easily do that. I think he's our next best pass on the team and is a really careful and precise player at the same time. But I think Spencer can provide a lot more in what Jacques Fawn is sort of alluding to there in the absence of Ben Simmons. But yeah, that, and I think, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes and hopefully it's it's hard to sort of think about when Ben could be back because the, the quotes you know, that we heard from in the previous game that Nick and I alluded to, you know, it's it could be next game, it could be a couple of games, but hopefully it's sooner rather than later and he's just so important in terms of generating quality offense for the, the rest of his teammates. It's just as, as simple as that, but... A few other little notes, guys. I wanted to just discuss the a little bit about the Long Island Nets and and Noah Clowney, who had a, a nice showing. You know, 19 points and 12 rebounds in his first Long Island Nets game in in 34 minutes. You know, was was strong. He rebounded. He looked fluid defensively. You know, a lot of people sort of saying he's the Nick Claxton replacement. I want them both, but yeah, he looked he looked good. He took four th- three pointers, hit one of them. So like, I think he's. A, a really, really promising player. We saw Jalen Wilson really, really cook. Uh, he was, and he said this overall, I felt that was pretty good. It's always good to get the win. I'm just trying to come out here, be aggressive, play good basketball. I want to put everybody involved. Even though we only played two games together, we all picked up a pretty good feel for each other. So I'm just trying to get everyone involved. So yeah, look, it's, I love seeing what these young guys are going to produce and there's going to be a lot of it just it shows the depth of the of the roster that the fact they've got a, a guy that likes to Jalen Wilson Drake Whitehead. It was cool to see him play his first game. I didn't had a really nice shot, but obviously he'll be better for the run. Was only one a night from the field, so good to see him back up and going. And man, when Drake Whitehead's playing, I'm just I'm I'm going to be really excited, guys. Like people think I'm obsessed about Cam Thomas. Drake Whitehead might be my new guy that uh, I become obsessed about. D DW obsessed, but looking forward to the next 10 games. Let's end the podcast with this. So I'm going to just go through the rec- uh, the, the schedule and then my just general prediction on, on whether it'll be a win or a loss. So got the uh, Orlando Magic uh, at home, then against the Miami, then Philly at home, then Atlanta away, 
Miami again, uh, but this time at home. Chicago at home. Toronto at home, Charlotte at home, Orlando at home. So that's a nice little one, two, three, four, five game home stretch before heading off to Sacramento. So look, I'd be, look, Orlando could be go either way. I'm going to notch it up as a W. Miami, I think they're going to bounce back against us. I think that they'll take that one. Philly, I think, uh, are, are playing incredibly well. So I think that they've probably got that W in the bag as well. But Atlanta, Miami, Chicago, if the Nets can go two and one out of those, that'd be pretty positive, you know, and, and extend the homestand, Toronto, Charlotte, Orlando. These are all teams that the Nets are, are going to be vying for, for postseason, you know, seeding for, when it, whether it's to succeed the, the plane or whatever. So I think that I'd give them another two out of that. So look, I'm, I'm going to go out of that run. Let's go six and four. Uh, I'd be more than happy with that. And, and hopefully Cam Thomas is, is back somewhere, you know, around that Chicago, Miami game. The, the start of the, the homestand, that'd be sensational, but we'll see how it does pan out. And guys, it's always a pleasure podcasting for you. Nets World, baby, 500, we ride. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.